to do a, a quick review, week number one. Uh, why don't I do this? Why don't uh, I just do a little Q&A? Here we go. If you didn't hear week number one three weeks ago, this is our third week. I would encourage you to listen to two weeks ago and last weekend. But just a little review, or I'm going to do a little Q&A. QA number one, who owns you? God. He owns you. You don't own yourself. If you're a born-again believer, biblically speaking, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. If you're born again, the Bible says you've been bought with a price. Stewardship number one is understanding that you're a steward and not an owner. You don't own yourself. He owns you. Question number two, who owns the stuff? He owns the, how much stuff does he own? All. Oh, wow. I love 1111. Praise the Lord. Man. Yeah, that's awesome. He owns all the stuff. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills, and he owns the cattle on a thousand and one hills. He owns the cattle on a thousand and two hills, and he owns the cow, cattle on a thousand and five hills. And he owns the hill, and he owns the mountain, and he owns the tree, the dirt, the creeks, the fish. He owns it all. He's the owner of all the stuff, your clothing, your shoes. He, he owns your hair. He owns you if you're bald. My license, my Idaho license says hair, color hair, and it says bald. He owns it all. Come on. It says bald. Bald. I'm like, what if I grow my hair out sometime? Is it going to be bald? No. He owns it all. Everyone say he owns it all. And then my last question too is what kind of steward does he want you to be? What kind of steward does he want you to be? Oh, I love it. Everyone say good. G-O-O-D. He wants you to be a good steward. And he's very passionate about it. He wrote areas in the Bible about it, uh, a, a parable about it that I read two weeks ago. He wants you to be a good steward. If you haven't started a budget in your life, please do. Somewhat. Get with someone. Uh, Man, I tell you what, it changed Radian and I's life. Well, Jay, I'm a single mom with three kids. I don't want to do a budget. Do a budget. I'm a younger man. I'm 19 years old. I make 100 bucks a month. Why do I need a budget? Start now. You will be amazed of what God will do as you pursue being a good steward. Another thing is don't spend or give beyond your means. Don't spend or give beyond your means. Credit card uh, debt in America is ridiculous if i read it right if i got the right information it's in the trillions man i tell you what god desires you and i to be good stewards last week i thought craig did an, uh, just an amazing job on perspective perspective and he used the, the 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 life of paul and just it was wonderful of of that road in bolivia uh both sides is death you want to stay on the road uh, over 200 people uh, die every year on this road and he used it of not being on the right or left not not i'm going to put it in my words not looking to god as your sugar daddy or like a slot machine he he wants to bless us he wants us to bless us to be a blessing but it's not all about the spirit of mammon it's not about us just all about pursuing riches but it's also not the other side of the road of saying well i'm holy and i'm righteous and i'm holier than thou because i'm broke or live with the spirit of poverty both spirit of poverty and the spirit of mammon are both listen to me a spirit and they're neither one of them's good okay he wants 
you to understand that he's your provider we look to him having the right perspective on provider he also covered uh, in the area of, of stewardship in the area of our possessions he also covered uh, the stewardship in the area of our pursuit and if you didn't listen to the first two weeks i encourage you to grab that i want to read a scripture right now first corinthians 9 17 it's going to be beside i want you to look at one word inside of this paul's talking about in the scripture of being this this is about biblical stewardship but it's about biblical stewardship in all areas of our life do we talk about finances absolutely but we talk about other areas too god wants you to be a good steward of your physical body everyone said amen, amen. if you're drinking you know 40 ounces all the time and eating about five big macs a day and about 52 pounds of bacon and all day long you listen i like sugar too i feel you but here's the point God wants us to be stewards of our body. We're the temple of the Holy Spirit. He wants to be stewards of our time. He wants us to be good stewards of relationships. If you're just a jerk all the time, God wants to change you. Amen. Are you feeling me? He wants us to be good stewards of our time, our emotions, every area of our life, biblical stewardship. This is about the stewardship of the gospel. For if I do this thing willingly, I have a reward, but if it's against my will, a dispensation of the gospel is committed unto me. You look at that, that's King James. What is dispensation? It's, you, you read on New King James, it says, For if I'm willing, I have a reward, but it's against my will. I have been entrusted with, listen to this, stewardship. Say that with me, stewardship. Uh, that word is okonomia in the, in the Greek. It's powerful. The word steward or the word uh, dispensation. And it says it is, uh, it's about specifically an economy. It's about stewardship. It's about managing, management. It's about administration. It's about taking care of one's own home, property. It's the very old ancient Greek word uh, that would have been used for someone managing a farm or someone taking care of an estate or someone's home or business. And you'll find that same word in Ephesians and Colossians. We're called to be good stewards in all areas of our life, including the gospel. I'm to be a good steward of the gospel, and you're to be a good steward of the gospel. Let me read the Great Commission to you. Uh, today because it's an, it's important that we read that but before I do that you know though I, I I was absolutely a rebel stole lied cheated but the king he could have executed me because of my sin you know the Bible says the wages of sin is death but God chose to do something different out of his mercy and his kindness he chose to uh, forgive my past forgive my sin God paid my fines. He called me into his family, and now I'm part of the family business. And part of the family business is that uh, I take care and steward the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm a CFO of me, and you're called to be a CFO of you. And CFO, we know it stands for, at least if you don't, it stands for chief uh, financial officer, but it's not just about finance. I'm the chief relationship officer of my life don't blame your your nasty relationships on somebody else because you're the chief of your life now he's the ceo ceo of my life he's the boss but i'm the chief that is responsible 
to steward areas of my life. I'm the chief um, emotional officer of my life. I'm responsible. I'm the chief time manager of my life. I'm responsible unto the CEO, who is my father, the God of the universe, who is uh, the boss of my life, and he should be of yours too. Amen? Concerning the gospel, Paul's talking about it right here. He says this, Jesus says this, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go there, uh, make disciples of all nations. Look at here, look, look, look how beautiful. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. What a beautiful day. Teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. That's the Great Commission. Will you say that with me, the Great Commission? Say this with me also. It's not the great suggestion it's not it's the great commission and we're to be stewards of the great commission gotta gotta tell you something today how many of you know that he doesn't need you to save the world you think god really needs us to go into all the nations don't you think that god could save africa or south america or America, your neighbors, everyone that you work with and everyone you go to school with. Don't you know that God really, honestly, he's all-powerful, he's all-knowing, he's everywhere, he's El Shaddai, he's the great I am, he's the creator and maker. Do you really think that he needs us? He doesn't. God can do it all on his own. But you know what he's chose to do? is bring us in on his team. He's called us to be team players, to be part of the Great Commission, to be go and to preach the gospel and impact nations, plant churches in Arizona, San Pedro Sula, and affect our, our city, Coeur d'Alene and Kootenai County and surrounding. He allows us to be on the team because he's loving. He knows you need a purpose that should burn inside of your heart. He wants you to make a difference. So he wants us to be good stewards with the things that he's given us in every area of our life. And when it comes down to it, the God, the boss, the CEO, the Almighty, he wants us to be good stewards in the area of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's one of the most, most powerful places that we can be good stewards. It's every one of us taking on the responsibility of the gospel and the great commission. Pastor Robert says this in the book, even though he owns everything you are and everything you touch, he puts it all in your hands for safekeeping and growth. How excited. I'm excited that he trusts me to be part of the team. Amen? If you've never heard that, this is what I'm believing, that God's going to rearrange our thinking and renew our minds so that we have different perspective of who we are in Christ Jesus that we're on this amazing team, and he calls each and every one of us to be good stewards. He goes on to say, by the way, your boss is incredibly patient, kind, and gracious. He makes it easy to succeed. You fell in this job primarily by refusing to begin or acknowledge. If you go, I'm the owner and I'm going to do what I want, you pretty much fell. Because that's just not true. But unless you have that adjustment of we're stewards, it begins there. As with almost everything in God, 
It's all about your heart. With that being said, he desires us to be good stewards. Two weeks ago, I read a parable. I don't want to read it again this morning, but I, want to, I just want to visit it for a minute. Uh, this man, owner, was leaving town for a long time, and he, he called three stewards, three of his servants, and he told them, listen, I'm going to give you, according to their ability, say that with me, ability. Why would he give people different amounts because of ability? It's not like he's trying to be, it was their ability. He gave one ten talents, and ten talents is money. He gave one ten talents. He gave another five talents, and he gave another one talent. And he did that according to their ability. He goes a long way. He goes away for a long time. And how many of you know that even though he goes a long way, the money is still his? Do you understand that? He didn't give him the money for them. He gave him the money to invest and to take care of it and to cause it to grow. Well, the guy with the ten talents, guess what he did? Come on, go with me, church. Go with me, please, please, please. What did he do? He doubled it. Twenty talents. What a great steward. The one with five, guess what he did? He doubled it. Great job. Well done, good and faithful servant. How about the one with the one? He buried it. He didn't lose a dime. You would think, wow, come on. Didn't lose a dime. That's cool. It wasn't about that. It was about being a good steward. Guess what he did with the one who had one who buried it and didn't make anything out of it? Guess what he did? He took from the one and he gave to the one who now's had 20. Reverse Robin Hood. All J.O. My goodness, God gave to the poor and gave to the rich. Uh, you know what? God has a humongous heart towards the poor through the entire Bible. It's not about rich and poor. It's about this. A good steward or a bad steward? If you don't think he's interested in you being a good steward, you should read the parable. Because he's all about being a good steward. And those who have more will have even more. And those who have less will have less. If you walk around and you feel like you just have holes in your pocket, you got to ask yourself, am I a good steward? Because God's interested in that. Because once again, you're his, and he owns it all. And he desires each and every one of us, at least here, have ears to hear. God, I haven't been a good steward in the past, but I'm learning. I want to grow. How many know that you're called to grow the rest of your entire life until you see Jesus? I'm 72, and I'm not called to grow. Yes, you are. I'm 54. I'm called to grow every day in Jesus Christ. He wants us to grow as good stewards in him. So one of the greatest things that you can do is make sure when it comes to stewardship in all areas of your life, from health to emotion to time to relationship, family, uh, being married, raising kids, education, the number one thing I think a person can do is this, hence the title of my sermon today, Who's on First? Now, years ago, you may have saw, you know, who's on first one, and who was a person. That's their name. I'm not talking about that today. I'm not talking about who is a name. I'm talking about who's on your first base. Who's first on your team? Who's number one? Are you number one? 
Uh, is your spouse number one? Is your business number one? Is your addiction number one? Is your education number one? Is your sports team number one? Is what your food number one? What, what's, who, who's on first? Who's, who, who's number one in your life? Because it's so important. You're going to hear me talk pretty much the remaining of this service, this gathering about this. First, first fruits, firstborn, first, did I say first? First, first. You're going to be probably tired of me talking about first by the end of the sermon, but my job today is to convince you and I that God has to be number one in our life for us to be the stewards that God wants us to be, number one. Say that with me first. Is he number one in your life? If I'm going to be the CFO or the CEO, at the end of the day, Jesus is my boss. He's gracious, he's kind, he's merciful, but he is my boss man. When I signed up and said, you are Lord, what do you think Lord is? He's the man. He's the Savior, and he's the Lord. He's the King. Now, what can happen is that all of a sudden, you, you got saved 20 years ago, and Lord Jesus, but all of a sudden, you just kind of like cut in line and got in first. Like, no, nah, I'm going to be the Lord. Do you give God permission to cut in line today, come up to the front, and be number one in your life. I think you should say yes, amen, J-O, yeah, 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 yeah! <laughs> because at the end of the day, God won't be number two. All J-O, but he gives me a choice. He gives me a choice. I, I can make him 30th in my life. You, you think you can. You think that God really can be number two in your life. Why does God have to be first in your life? Because God is first. He's the Alpha, He's the Omega, He's the beginning and the end, He's the fir first, and He's the last. It doesn't say, He's the second and the last. He's Uno, Yo-Yo, God-Yo, number one Yo, and He has to be that in your life. Oh, it's my boyfriend. Tick, tick, wait a minute. Time out, tick. It won't happen. Well, yes, it is, Jay. He is right now. That's like saying I'm going to jump out of the airplane and be okay. No, you won't. You'll eventually die. And you're like, wow, that sounds heavy. God has to be number one. He's a jealous God. He's a loving God. He's a merciful God, but he wants to be number one. Listen, it's all through the Bible. First, 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 first fruits, number one, number one. It starts with Adam and Eve. What does Adam and Eve do? God creates Adam and Eve. Oh, glorious paradise. Look at all the trees. Look at all the fruit. It's yours. It's yours. You can have it all. Man, look. Hey, Adam, name the animals, man. Name that. You can name. Oh, he's got a little twirl on the end of his tail. I think I call him a pig. Whatever. It's yours. Just don't do one thing. Don't eat from that tree. What does Adam and Eve do? They make God number two. When you make God number two, what happened in the day of Adam and Eve? It 
creates death. All of a sudden, for the first time, death enters into the world, into our culture, into our lives. We've been dealing with death ever since that day because they made God number two. So at the end of the day, yeah, you have a choice. But let me help you with your choice today. Matter of fact, God wants to help you with the choice. He is so patient. He is so kind that he wants to help you make him number one in your life. He does. Cain and Abel, Adam and Eve's kids. I love the story of what takes place with Cain and Abel. It says this in Genesis 4, 3 through 5. Listen to what happens with Cain and Abel. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering. Say that with me, an offering. An offering. I think you need to feel that today. An offering. But look at Abel. Look what Abel did. He brought an an offering of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the first. You got to feel me today, church. Firstborn. Not an offering. Oh, you can come to church. I'm going to give an offering. God, just look at this. Always. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat, and the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering, and Cain had a meltdown. (laughs) Road rage. And Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. Didn't like my offering. I can take care of that. I'm going to kill my brother. And that's exactly what he did. You don't think he had a meltdown? One, first, number one. Then you see Abraham. Abraham, this brother's been wanting a kid forever. Brother's over 100, yo. 9,900 right in there. No, he's over 100. I think Sarah was 99. So, been trying to have a baby for decades. Gets a baby. Firstborn. First son. Guess what God calls him to do? Give him, give him the first one. Give, give me that first one. Give me that, give me that first one. He's going to take him and sacrifice. Gets up on the mountain. Got the wood. Ready to sacrifice. What does God to do? God provides. Say that with me. Provides. He is Jehovah Jireh. God provides. He's getting ready to take his first son out. Why? Because he's first. No, and God provides. He provides a ram. Aren't you glad that God never asked you and I to do that? You know why God never asked you and I to do that? Because God sent his first son only son flawless son sinless son died for you and i laid his life down for you and i he never asked us why because god sent his first fruits for you and i wow 
That's some good news right there, J.O. Everyone say first. Exodus 13, 2. Consecrate to me all the firstborn. Say that with me, firstborn. Whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and beast, it is mine. Listen to the last three words. It is mine. Firstborn, it is mine. Why? Because God's first. <laughs> are you feeling me today? Are you, are you hearing this? God wants to be first in everything. It is mine. You know what happened in Egypt. If you don't, I don't have time to read it today. We celebrate during Easter. And then Moses goes on a mountain and gets the Ten Commandments. Guess what the first commandment is? First commandment. Guess what it is? God, we want you to be two or third or fifth. Do you read it the same way that I do? No other gods before me? What does that mean? He's number uno, baby yo. He's number one. Well, Moses, the, the Israelites are losing their mind down on the bottom of the mountain because they are already, you left for 40 days or whatever, and now they done lost their mind. Get down off the mountain. You better go save those people right there. They're going crazy down there. They're just having a dirty dance around a golden idol. And Moses gets down there, and they're losing their mind already. Already they put God number two, number three in their list. And you know what they have to do? They're having a keg party, but it ain't about beer. You know what they have to drink? Moses grounds up that golden calf puts it in the water and says, hey, you want it? You drink it. Little golden calf ale. <laughs> Why? Because God wants to be number one. First. Listen to this one, Exodus 24, 26. I'm sorry, Exodus 34, 26. The first of the first fruits of your Lord shall you shall bring to the house of the Lord your God. Now listen to that really close. <laughs> the first of your first fruits. Did you get that? Does, how many of you know that God wants to be third in your life? The first of your first fruits you shall bring to the house of God. Sometimes I like to read Proverbs of the day, and today it was Proverbs 3. I was going to use it anyway, but it's my favorite proverb. So I, I read Proverbs 3 this morning. Listen to what's in Proverbs 3. Honor the Lord with your possessions, with the first fruits of your increase, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. First fruits. I'm almost done, because I think you're feeling it. First, firstborn, first fruits. Why? Because God is always will be first he wants to help you make him first in every area of your life so that we can be a good steward let me let me kind of finish up with this one then we see in a, uh, the last book of the bible malachi there's this thing called tithe and if you look in the hebrew it means 10 percent. and so let me read it because i want you to see the beauty of it when a person practices this uh Beautiful principle of tithing. It says this in Malachi 3, 10 through... Listen to this. Let's see this. Wow. 
How many of you could stand a little blessing like that? Wow, you can't even receive them. I love this next one. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. So that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. Fell to bear fruit for you in the field. All the nations will call you blessed. For you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. Why would God, two weeks ago, he owns everything. Why would God, if he already owns you and he owns everything, why would he ever ask for a tithe? It's already his. Why would he ever ask for it? Is it because he needs it? Is it because he's greedy? Let me, let me read to you what Pastor Robert says about this. Listen real close. God is not interested, really interested in your money. He's interested in your heart. It's hard to overemphasize this. He goes on to say, tithing isn't legalism. It's life, spiritual life. The stewardship practice of faithfully tithing is neither for him nor about him. It's for you. It's about you. This is why all, although tithing, I like to call it the principle of putting God, of whether or not God is truly the first place position in your life. Wow. First John goes on to say in New Testament, dear children, keep yourself from idols. Why? Everything around us wants to be number one in your life. Jesus says this, Matthew 6, 33, but seek first the kingdom of God. Revelations 1, 11 says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. And let me tell you what can take place. It took place in the church of Ephesus. We have to guard our heart that it doesn't take place in our heart. Listen to Revelations 2, 4. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. How do you know if he's first? Pastor Robert shares a simple plan. He says this, what you worship is whatever provides your sense of identity. What you worship is what gives you a sense of security. It's where you run to in time of trouble. It's what you're most prone to give your time and attention to. Whatever you seek out first, that's what you worship. He wants to be number one. How many of you vote today saying it's okay if God's number two? just raise your hand if that's you how many of you agree according to scriptures all the way from Genesis to Revelations if you're going to be a good steward he has to be number one if he has to be number one do we have to fight for that I, I would say yeah every day your pastor yeah absolutely things wants to take my no, God you're going to be number one I'm going to seek you first your, your word I'm going to seek your face I want you to be number one in my life.